Welcome to the Fit Mind Project. I'm Laura Ash. And I'm Barry Ash. And today we are going to be talking to you about something very special, which is language. We're all going to be talking about the language we use and how we use it and how it can benefit our lives or how can it actually ruin the way we think about ourselves. Isn't that right? Yeah, definitely. So if we're looking at language, okay, your word is your law. Okay, your word is your law and what you say goes. All right, so what you say goes. Do you remember your mum and dad saying that? What I say goes. That's what I say, that's what you do. And it's exactly the same for you. Whatever you say goes. And this is what we're going to discover over the next however long we've got with you. Definitely. So the first question we need to ask is where does our language come from? Where does it come from? And we use, our language actually comes from our subconscious. We use it 90% of our, well, 90% of our brain is our subconscious. And this is where majority of our language actually comes from. It's automatic, isn't it, Loz? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> so how often, um, you know, do you use your language, but you don't even think about it? You know, other than what you learn as a language, do you actually give any thought or meaning to what you're actually saying? Is there any thought there at all whatsoever? Or is it just something that you just kind of reverberate all the time? It's a automatic reaction. So when was the last time you actually listened to what you say? And more importantly, how you said it, okay? Because that's two different things there, isn't it, Loz? Yep, definitely. So I call this E-B-B-O-M. E-B-B-O-M, which is engage brain before opening mouth. So take, for example, if you're in an important meeting, you might be really conscious about what you say and how you say it. I remember when I got married to Loz or Loz got married to me, whichever way you want to say it, is I remember everything and how I said it there. It was really, really important to me. So I took time and I was really conscious in that time. Okay. Um... When you helped out a friend with advice, if somebody comes to you and asks for um, some sincere advice, you actually start thinking of what, what you say and why you say it, because it's not really affecting you. It's for somebody else, isn't it? And um, when you need to be treading carefully around someone and like, oh, I really need to be careful now of what I say. So you take, you take a step back and you start thinking your conscious thoughts about what you say and how you say it. I was just going to say that because as Barry suggested and he told us um, literally a few minutes ago that our subconscious houses our language and that's where it comes from. It's an automatic thing. So it's all automatic, this stuff. But as he's reiterating here, you know, we use only 10% of our conscious brain. Perhaps, as you said, when you're in an important meeting, you get married. So you're consciously thinking about what you're saying. But when are the times you don't think and speak? When are the times you don't think? It's crazy, guys. And I bet it's when you're talking about yourself. Mm. When you're talking about yourself, you just go, bleh. Okay. Um, What about when you've been in an argument with a loved one or bit of road rage out there you're not conscious it just comes out you're definitely and, not conscious oh and that's one one thing i hate having an argument because i get to this point and i just i don't know what to say this goes ah and then swear words just come out because i get so hit up uh, and sort of the heat of the moment are you really conscious about what you're saying 
what I notice in actual fact is there we're in a society nowadays of very being judgmental. So you look at the um, shows where people come on and they kind of Big sing brother. and they get, uh, yeah, or Big Brother or they sing or whatever and they get judged. But how many times do you find yourself criticising someone? Or oh, I don't like her shoes. I don't like her hair. Oh, that's not right. But that is just something that you you say it and you don't think it. It just comes out because of that criticism. It's highly yeah. judgmental, isn't it? And I remember back in when my dad was alive and my dad and my granddad, it was very... Um, they wouldn't... They would comment about someone's race, their creed, their religion without even knowing that person. And I believe that went back to the way they was all brought up back in them days. But nowadays we have a different thought process about race, religion and sexes and stuff like that. So let's have a look at the diverse range of language then, because it is pretty amazing if you actually look at this. There are roughly, okay, 6,500 spoken languages in the world today. And the most popular language in the world is Mandarin Chinese. And there are, is it right, are you going to help me with this? I was just thinking, Loz, because we can't even speak one language properly. This is very <laughs> true, and I'm going to go on to this in a minute. 1,213,000,000 people in the world that actually speak that language. Now, bear in mind there's actually... Just short of 8 billion people in this exactly. world. Exactly. So that's that's a pretty big chunk, right? But what language are you speaking? Now, I did something on my Facebook page, actually, and I said, what are the languages that kids are speaking today, right? Because... Kids nowadays, their language is so different. So, for example, sick means excellent. For me, it means I'm not well. Yeah. Fat, P-H-A-T, means good. Mm. Wicked, we know, means brilliant. Um, but if you look at some of the other things, like paper means... Money. Money. <laughs> money means money to me. Do you know what I mean? I can't remember the last time I saw paper as money. <laughs> Mine know. comes in a plastic card. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, exactly. But there's so many different things. And I asked this and the feed went nuts. Like fam, bro, you know, all this kind of stuff. But I remember going back to when I was doing the motocross. We used to talk in a different language. And my mum and dad used to look at us and go, what the hell are you talking about? We'd be like, oh, man, that was trick. That was rad. That was so cool, man. And they was like, hmm. Okay, boys, let's just crack on. I know, it's it's absolutely crazy. Are we getting old when we see, hear, the kids, when we hear the kids talking now and we're thinking, what the hell are they talking about? But even like bear means lots. Oh, I remember that one from when I was in the prison service. I got bear. You're bear wham, man. <laughs> You're bear wham? wham. Wham's big. Right, okay, fair enough. Wham. <laughs> um, but it's absolutely crazy, guys, how this can actually... So you see how someone else's language means something to them. All right. So even if you look at a certain word, it can mean a certain thing to you. And we're going to go on to that. Um, you even get professionals, like if you're a professional tennis player or as Baz said, motocross, you all have your own language that you speak in there. But see, this is the thing I wanted to move on to. Language is specific to you, just like we talked about with the kids. And the words you are using are specific to you. And it depends on your experiences, your growing up, the books you read, the people you hang out with, the TV you listen to, and your own beliefs and values that will build what your belief is around a certain word. For example, I hate the word victim. It just grates on me, but you're okay with it, I'm, aren't I'm you? I'm fine with the word victim. If that's the way you want to live your life as a victim... 
then be a victim. See, I, when I say that, I can see Loz's face going, no, don't sit right with me. That just doesn't that sit right. So I wonder what words grate on you or what words, if you were to think of them, perhaps they make you cry or they make you emotional. Perhaps the word dad or husband or wife, granddad or mum. If you've lost a loved one, who was one of those words that you referred to, perhaps that's hard for you and it brings up certain emotions. Or perhaps ex-husband brings up another emotion. Or even if you say the name of that person. So, See, it's so interesting that is when you say that. It's not the word itself. Mm. It's the memory that you attach to that word, that connotation you attach to the word. Mm. So the word itself, when I say victim, it's not the word victim that grates on Loz. It's the connotation she's got to it, the meaning she's put behind it, the experience she's got with that word. Mm. You know, because we all know what Loz's previous job was. You was dealing Police with officer. you was dealing with lots and lots of victims. Yeah. So you were seeing that side of the word victim, the hurt, the hatred, the pain, the anguish behind it. When I haven't seen that, so it's not in my vocabulary, it's not in my mindset about it. So that's the reasons why I'm okay with the word victim. I probably see it in a slightly different way to you. Yeah. Um, so you can see where words and language is actually making us behave in a certain way. So what do, let me read these words out. What do they mean to you and, and how do they perhaps grate on you or you don't even think anything of them? So let's have a look at the word fat. What about skinny? Lean. Hate. Diet. Love. <laughs> Fear. Stressed. Struggle. Easy. Enjoy. Elated. Or magical. What do those words suggest to you? I tell it was interesting, though, Loz, the way we read them out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you could read them out differently, couldn't you? Like stress, you go, yeah, stressed. Fear. It's, it's crazy. So it's, yeah. it's not the words as well. So what emotions and feelings do they conjure up in your mind and in your bodies? Do they grate on you? Do they repel you? Do they not bother you? Do they comfort you? Do they annoy you? But pay close attention because you are listening. And language can affect our physiology and our biology. Now, when we have one-to-one -one days with our clients, we get them to look at their language. And we get them to look at the words they describe themselves as. In their head is fine. This is an interesting one. So when we get them to describe themselves, in their head it's fine. And they spurt it out and they write it down without a care in the world. Off they go and they're writing it down. It's automatic. But, here's the but. When faced with actually reading them out loud and consciously, because remember what we said about subconscious, where our language comes from, consciously thinking of them, it's a whole different ball game. Tears, heartache, pain, you name it. But you forgot, before they read it out loud, you get the, yeah. the swallow. The breathing. Mm -hmm. The wringing of the hands. Mm -hmm. Because it becomes real, doesn't it? It does. 
The words or the statements they write nine times out of ten are subconscious vomit that is spewed all over the page. No thought given other than negative ones. And I know you're sat here now starting to think, hmm, what am I vomiting? What can I easily write down? But when it comes to saying it, is a problem. But when we get to be questioned about these in a conscious manner, our guys soon know that the language they have been speaking is absolutely evil and it is not true. And I wonder what words or language you're speaking that is evil or is not true in the cold light of day. If you were to really think about it. Because let's look at this. What language are you speaking? Now, we've all heard the book, Men Are From Mars and Women Are From Venus. And everybody speaks a different language. And I know you're starting to pick up on this now. And that can be, you know, the books you read or the people you hang out with. But do you know that other people will pick up on your language? Other people, not just your subconscious, will pick up on the words that you're saying. And the words that you're saying, if they are negative, I am this, I am that, I can't do this, I can't do that. Other people will be thinking of that. And they will be picking up on that. Just like Barry and your language when it came to your bullying, right? Yeah, definitely. I don't know whether you're aware of my story, um, I have a learning dis- difficulty. Some people call it dyslexia. Some people call it special needs. And all these different terminologies for it. I was diagnosed with dyslexia in my final years as a prison officer because I started finding things a little bit difficult. But I've known since primary school that I found it hard to learn in certain ways in certain environments. So throughout my colleges, I suppressed it, I suppressed it, I suppressed it. But when I started as a prison officer, there were some points in that job where I couldn't, when I was writing emails, and I knew there were spelling mistakes all over the page. I knew my grammar wasn't perfect. I knew all these things, and I would try to cover it up, but people would pick up on it. But my coping mechanism was to make a joke, to take the piss out of myself. I would call myself the village idiot. I would call myself the thick one. I would, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because by me doing that to myself first, it was easier for me to um, deal with. It saved the other people taking the mick out of me. Because I was in a male environment job, it was a lot of banter going on. But the other guys in my department started to pick up on my terminology and the way I started speaking about myself. And how do you think I felt when these guys picked up on the language, village idiot, You're thick. I'm glad you're in the room, Baz, because you make us look intelligent. How do you think I felt when they started using that language back towards me? I felt I was being bullied. I felt these guys were having it in for me to make me feel shit. And literally, that was probably one of the reasons um, I walked out of the job one day. I threw my keys down the chute and I left the job. Um, Because I felt... I was being vindicticized, is that a word I'm looking for? Victimized. <laughs> Victimized. <laughs> um, and they weren't doing anything about it. 
But the management in my department and the other guys around me, some of them could see it was hard for me to deal with, but other of them were just saying, Baz, it's just banter. Baz, deal with it. Baz, are just being funny. But when you're being the victim there, mm. it's really hard to deal with. But looking back on it with clear vision, I see that's the terminology I was using on myself. And all they were doing was picking up on it and using it back against me. It's crazy how if I say it to myself, it's one thing. It doesn't mean anything, really, because I'm saying it. But as soon as somebody else picks up my language and uses it back towards me, sorry about my French, but fuck me, that hurts. And you guys may have experienced this. Perhaps your loved one, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your mum, dad, whatever, has agreed with you that, yeah, you need to lose some weight. Or that, yeah... Your clothes are fitting a bit tight. And no, that doesn't look right on you. Perhaps you've had that. Or perhaps you've been put on at work. You've been treated wrongly or you've spoken too nastily by a friend. You haven't asked for it directly. But nine times out of ten, the language people use back to you that you don't like is a reflection of your own language. They've been so accustomed to your language, they're merely speaking back to you in it. Because one of the biggest things as humans is that we are socially accepted. So what happens when you hear it out loud and you give conscious thought to it, you don't like it. You question it and you take offence to it. Of course you do. No one wants to be told that. No one wants to be put on at work or, you know, taken for granted. But if you're always saying, yes, I can do that, that's no problem. Of course somebody's going to do that. So what words are you saying and how are you saying it? Now, this was going to take some practice and you need to be conscious to this over the next few days after listening to this recording. And there have been some studies, okay guys, listen to this, there have been some studies with children where one child was given positive affirmations and told that they could achieve anything. And some of these children have then gone on to achieve amazing results. They've been more positive, they've been more productive, they've got more done. Whereas some of the children were told they could not do things. They were useless and to stop dreaming. And most of these children performed differently. They had no vision. They talked in a different, more negative way. What were you told when you were young? And how much of that affects you today? Did your mum used to say to you, don't watch too much TV, you get square eyes? Yeah? Or... The wind changes, your face will stay like that. Exactly. (laughs) Right? What are you saying about yourself on a day-to-day basis? And what's your immediate thought about you? Who you are? What you say about yourself, remember what you say about yourself goes. Just as I said right at the very beginning. So what are you saying about yourself on a daily basis? That's really poignant because... I've been reading a book called Awaken the Giant Within. You probably know him, Tony Robbins. Mm -hmm. And in this book, he asks you to do a 10-day challenge, okay? And this 10-day challenge is all about becoming aware. 
creating this awareness about how you see yourself and the language you use and how you react to different um, situations. So this 10-day challenge, it's, it teaches you every time you have a negative thought, a negative connotation come into your head, you have one minute to change it into a positive solution. And I have, and when if you don't meet that, you start your 10 days again. And I haven't got past day two yet. Okay. But it's not about completing the 10 days, I've realized. It's about creating awareness in your language. Mm. Okay. Because if we have awareness in our language, we can actually change the way we talk and the way we react to our language. We don't just have that blur, that vomit coming out. So it creates this awareness, which is really key to, um, to change, I believe. It's been in that conscious moment, which can seem um, exhausting at times. But once you're in that moment and someone questions you that, this is when the real magic would change. Because look, look at this, okay? We did some work with one of our one-to-one guys. And she found that she used these words all the time. Just listen to this. And I want to know how many of these words you use. Angry. Frustrated. Busy. Annoyed overwhelmed and we got her to look at these words and how they affected her and she felt awful saying them and even as she said angry frustrated busy annoyed overwhelmed she could feel herself getting worked up her physiology changed she got stressed she got anxious she could feel that situation I called it the dark cloud side and I think on the board I drew like a little Stephen King with like a <laughs> the clown like you know it um so we we looked at the words and we got her to change them to something more lighter shall we say the Disney side the cheerful side something Walt Disney would say exactly so angry turned to tad disenchanted <laughs> frustrated turned to Flustered. Busy turned to... It's a good challenge. Annoyed turned to... Peeved. And overwhelmed turned to... Moving and a-shaking. So you see how these different words, even if you say them or you think them in your mind, they create a different feeling. So she could be free of the ones on the left on the board, which was the dark cloud... So let's have a look at a few more words and perhaps you'll recognise some of these in your language and let's see if we can change them for you. So let's have a look. We've got the word afraid. What could you use instead of afraid? Because when you think of afraid, you think of being in fear of something, right? But how can we take that down a notch or two? Perhaps we can use a different word. We could use the word uncomfortable. Mm. And that is sort of has less pressure on it, doesn't it? Mm. Uncomfortable. Because if you're uncomfortable, you can get comfortable. You can actually see that and you can see how your brain actually starts working things out a little bit different. How about the word depressed? This is a massively, massively overused word um, that is very, very prevalent to a lot of people. I feel depressed. We could use not on top of it. Yeah. I'm just not on top of things. And you see how that lifts you a little bit just from doing that. How about this word, embarrassed? Aware is a good one. Exactly. We could use aware. 
yeah, I'm aware of what's just happened. Yeah. But when you think of the word embarrassed, what do you automatically think of? You think of blushing red face, don't you? I was going to say the same. Yeah. Okay, this is one um, that I think you guys will love. Exhausted. Oh, I'm exhausted. I've had such an exhausting day. I'm a little bit droopy. <laughs> I'm just feeling a little bit droopy. Yeah? Hilarious, right? So you see how it picks you up straight away. This is a good one. Failure. How many of you guys, when you see the word failure, really, or you just say the word fail, it just grates on you? You can use getting educated because you know we always speak about it. It's every time you fail, it's a chance for you to learn. It's a chance for you to grow. It's a chance for you to educate yourself. Definitely. How about the word hate? Prefer, maybe? Could use prefer. Could use prefer. How about lazy? This is a great one. So, oh, you're so lazy. I'm feeling lazy today. I've had a lazy day. I love this bit. Storing energy. Yeah, I'm storing energy today. (laughs) I've decided to store energy. This is a massive one, overwhelmed. We can use the word stretched. Stretched. I'm getting stretched. Definitely. And then stressed could be energised. Or a little bit overworked. And you see how it just takes down the ante a little bit. It takes it down so it's not so harsh. And so now it's your turn. And over the next few days, I want you to look at the language that you use consciously. And I want you to be aware of the words you say. And I want you to listen. Which ones serve you and which ones don't serve you? Get a sheet, write down the words I no longer want to say. Write them down, notice them. Get your friends or your loved ones or the guys in your office to say, right, can you listen out to the words I consistently say? Because the words that you consistently say will become your reality, as you've heard. They become who you are and what you are because your subconscious cannot accept or reject. It only accepts what you are saying. You become those words. So if you say the word stress, if you say the word frustrated, fat, tired, useless, that is what you will be. So look at these because you don't want to think yourself being like that. So what I want you to do is write those words that you no longer want to say and then look at them like we did today. Lazy, storing energy, embarrassed, aware, exhausted, a little bit droopy and look at the words that you will replace them with. And decide what it is you want to be able to make your reality. So guys, thanks so much for listening in to this podcast. I've been Laura Ash. I've been Barry. And um, we will see you next time with the Fit Mind Project.